Welcome to the Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month special podcast series, part of CBP's Shine a Light Suicide Prevention Program. Today, we are speaking with Sal, a CBP officer, and Dr. Kent Corso, CBP's Suicide Prevention Program Manager. A few years ago, Sal was going through a rough patch in his life and was considering suicide as an option. Sal's experience was brought to the attention of Dr. Corso, and they both thought it would be helpful to share with you Sal's experience. Hi, thanks so much for joining us today and to our guests for doing this podcast. This is the third podcast in a series for Suicide Prevention Month, which is the month of September. Just a few caveats before we get going. I am a clinical psychologist, so I am a doctor, but I'm not the doctor for our guests. Uh, This isn't therapy or a counseling session, nor is anything we talk about today going to involve or constitute medical advice. This is just a conversation. Another disclaimer, is that suicide is a difficult topic to talk about. And it's not one that we can be vague or indirect about if we hope to make a difference in suicide prevention and awareness. So for the listeners out there, we are going to have a frank conversation today. If by any chance you are triggered and you have lived experience, if anything we discuss is upsetting or distressing to you, please reach out for help. Reach out to those who care for you, who love you, and reach out to those who you love. If you are a CBP employee or family member and you need help, you can always contact a peer support member, a chaplain, or veteran field coordinator, or you can reach out to our employee assistance program. You can always call 1-800-273-8255, which is the National Suicide Lifeline. And that is for anyone who's a CBP employee, a family member, or members of the public. Hey, Sal, thanks for joining us today. No, you're very welcome. I appreciate you coming on and doing this podcast for us. I think our listeners are going to be uh, pretty interested in, in your story and in the discussion. So tell us a little bit about your story. I I one of the things that stood out to me when I learned about your story is that you have struggled with suicidal thoughts yourself. And I think that's interesting. We are accustomed to thinking of it as something to be ashamed of or something to hide. And I was really impressed by how you just kind of put it out there in a matter of fact way. Uh, there was a video I saw that was produced by OFO comms and you were talking about it. We can we we have a link to that video posted where this podcast is posted. But would you tell us a little bit about your experience with this stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So I started in 2015, and then um, shortly after I graduated from the post academy and, and you know became an officer, uh, I was going through a really difficult time. So a couple of weeks after I graduated. At that time, I was getting accustomed to, you know, my set, my set schedule, which started at four o'clock in the morning. Uh, at the same time, my mother was going through a very difficult divorce. Her husband was beating her emotionally and physically abusing her. Uh, he was an alcoholic. He did drugs. He looked pretty much controlled her life. And also I was seeing someone and the whole time I thought everything was going really well. And then one day we're just, we're hanging out with each other and she gets a phone call from 
another guy. And then finally, she just admits that she was talking to somebody else. So you just wrap all that up and I'm just miserable. So one day uh, at work, in between the flights, I'm just pacing back and forth and I have, you know, a miserable look on my face. And someone overheard me say, I want to eat my own gun. So the big thing there was people were listening and people recognized that something was wrong. The, the officer, he went up to a supervisor and told him what he had heard. So later that day I was home and I was walking my dog and one of my coworkers gave me a call to, to check on me because he had heard what I had said. And I just started breaking down crying on the phone. I was just really upset and depressed. Was this like a close friend and colleague or just kind of someone you kind of knew, someone you barely knew? Uh, it was actually my training officer, actually. Okay. So you and you, you had some pretty close contact with this person in terms of orienting to the job and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, so later that day, um, my training officer, a supervisor, and one of the chiefs came, came to my apartment and, you know, they wanted to check on me. You know, I was crying because, you know, like I said, I was really depressed and they thought that, you know, the right thing to do for my own safety was to take my gut away. And, you know, the big thing is uh, a lot of officers, you know, they think that, you know, if they get depressed or they're going through a difficult time that, you know, that they could lose their job or that they're going to be embarrassed. And the entire time that wasn't the case. You know, if anything, my situation got 10 times better at work because of this. You know, if you want to take the, the silver lining in this. So I was on light duty for three months during this, this entire time. My gun was taken away and my creds were taken away. And during the three months, I went for a psychological exam. I went for a medical exam. And then I also used the employee assistance program, which allows us 12 free counseling sessions. So I also went to counseling and that really helped. I mean, some people put counseling down, but you know, unless you try it, you really can't say much, you know, and it worked for me. Sal, what was helpful about it? Can you describe that? Yeah, it's, um, you know, for, for one year, you're, you're getting all your feelings out, but you're getting you know, advice and input and knowledge from someone that has studied this, you know, someone that deals with this on a regular basis. So kind of like a sounding board, is that a fair way to describe it? Yeah. Okay. So, so the counseling help. And then towards the end, I went for a psychological exam, believe it lasted like an hour or two. And then I got cleared, but the entire time, everybody that I worked with was incredibly supportive. It was overwhelmingly beautiful. And, you know, anytime I was walking around, you know, whether it's a, a coworker or a supervisor or, you know, someone even higher than a supervisor, chiefs or directors, they were all checking on me and, you know, Hey, you want to take a walk? We'll get a cup of coffee. You want to talk? And the one thing, well, a couple things that really stuck out during, during this time was the officer that had mentioned that he heard something that I had said, he went back and he told me, you know, after this had occurred that he went back and forth on whether or not he should say something. 
And then he just came to the decision that, all right, I'd rather think, I'd rather him think that I, I ratted him out than something bad happened to him. Oh, so what you're saying is he kind of hesitated saying anything at all? Yeah. He hesitated because, you know, I guess he didn't want me to be mad at him or think that, you know, that I can't trust him. And I really didn't know this officer at all at that time. Hmm. Now I know him extremely well. Yeah. Are you, are you glad he took the risk, Sal? Oh, absolutely. Would, do you think he would say he's glad he took the risk? Oh, definitely. Without a doubt in my mind. One question, if I can. So sure. was that pretty awkward when he approached you about it? And, and what did he say? No, actually, it wasn't awkward at all. You know, I, I remember, I think I wrote him a thank you email at the time because I didn't really know him too well. And then um, I think the one big thing was when we made this suicide awareness video and I was telling my story for the first time, he mentioned it on the video because they interviewed him as well. And what did he say when, when you say he mentioned it? Well, I'm pretty sure like his exact words was like, I would rather him think that I dined him out than, and something bad happened to him. Yeah. So in other words, we never know what can happen. So better that someone thinks bad of me or better that I feel a little awkward or saying something or maybe even offend someone. That's better than the alternative, right? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And that's why we have, you know, these programs here at work. It's not to, you know, jam anybody up. It, it's to help the officers. You're not going to lose your job because you're going through a difficult time. And there, there is nothing to be embarrassed about because, you know, I don't care how much money you have or what your job is or, you know, anything that you do in life, you know, everybody gets depressed. Whether you're the president of the United States, the biggest rock star in the world, you're a surgeon. It, it doesn't matter. Everybody gets depressed. You know, depression doesn't discriminate. Yeah, that's true. Right. De depression doesn't stress. Doesn't light life is tough. Whether, whether we, whether we like it or not, it, it's, you're going to get thrown some curveballs. So I, I appreciate what you're saying there about, Hey, just accept that it's going to be a part of it. Don't be embarrassed about it. You said something a minute ago, Sal, about things not jamming you up. And it sounds like there was a pretty clear process. Once you had your firearm taken away, you said there was sort of a psyche valve, then three months of sort of additional duties, then another psyche valve, and then return to duty. Is that sort of that, am I describing the process fairly? Uh, well, first it was like more like a medical exam, I guess, you know, it's kind of like a physical, I guess, if I'm remembering correctly, then the the psyche valve was the last part in between i did all the counseling okay and did the did the initial medical eval suggest or encourage you to go to counseling no it's um pretty much when i was speaking with my uh, my field training officer the supervisor and and my chief when they had come to my apartment they they told me all about the um employee assistance program and you know, that I could get counseling for free. They gave me all the information. And I believe later that day or the next day is when I called out to, to find out what services were available, how close they were. And, you know, even at work, you know, they're like, if, if you need to go to counseling, we'll, you know, we'll accommodate you. So you don't have to worry about that. If, if you need admin time to, to leave work and go to these counseling sessions, that's fine. Okay. So that was sort of your choice. Yeah. 
and and it was your supervisors who recommended it. Then after three months, what triggered that reevaluation? Was that your leadership that asked for it? Did you ask for it? Did your counselor say, "Hey, you seem good to go"? It's kind of kind of a mixture of all of that. I'm sure that they could see, you know, basically how I was reacting at work that I, I wasn't as depressed, that I was getting happier, things were getting a little bit better. So between those two things, yeah, I think they they were noticing. And then, you know, ultimately I have to go for the psyche eval to make sure that everything's a-okay before I'm giving back my firearm. Sure. Sure. And, and it sounds like this was maybe five years ago. Uh, yeah, this was 2016. So yeah, five years ago now. And, and has anything popped up since? I don't mean in life, because again, life throws your pure balls every day, every week, but has this come back to bite you at all? No, not at all. Actually, uh, things have been, uh, pretty fantastic on the, the job, uh, job wise, you know, the following year, uh, my assistant port director had mentioned that there was going to be a symposium in Texas and it was a resiliency symposium. And she had asked, Hey, would you mind coming out to this symposium and talking, telling everyone about your story? Now, me personally, I hate public speaking. It makes me really uneasy. I get extremely nervous, but you know, this is, this is something special. This is something that people need to talk about. And, you know, if, you know, my misery, you know, my, my story can help either one person or, you know, give some input to somebody then, all right, that that's great. So I'll suck it up. So I wrote, I wrote this speech and the very first time I had given it was to uh, a post-academy class, guys that had just come back from the academy. And I believe my port director was in the room as well. So I was really, really nervous. But it seemed to be taken pretty well. And then like a few days later, unfortunately, I had to alter it because someone I had known uh, had taken their own life. So I added like a big portion of that into uh, my speech. And I went out to Texas. I gave, I gave my speech. It was really well received. And since then, uh, anytime we have a post academy class, my speech has now been integrated into the training. That's incredible. So what, what an amazing impact you're able to have on other people who might be struggling with this. I mean, I hope I, I definitely hope that it's helping people. I mean, I, I've, I've spoken to, to other officers. I even went for like a, a peer support training. I went to Artesia for 10 or 11 days to uh, get some training. And now I'm a peer support member. And I was very honored and humbled that they gave me a, a field director's award in 2019 for my, my work with the suicide awareness and, and my speech. That's fantastic. So it sounds like you experienced something pretty horrible. You were at a real low in your life, but whatever process you went through, you came out of it a little bit different. I did, you know, I, I feel like I've grown as a person. I feel like, um, I, I feel better about myself and, uh, you know, I'm more confident with the job. I'm getting, you know, more confident with public speaking. I mean, no matter how many times I do it, you know, I always get nervous right before it, but you know, it's something I'm just going to keep on doing as long as they allow me to do it. That's, that's amazing. Sal, we, we on our first podcast for the month of September, 2021, we had Terry, U S border patrol agent 
who talked about his experience when he lost his son to suicide. And he definitely experienced what's called post-traumatic growth, which is that when you experience a really horrible, life-changing event, you can actually come out on the other side more resilient, having developed, having grown, having learned something. And it sounds like I'm hearing you're, you're now into public speaking. You have sought training uh, to be peer support. So you're sort of part of the solution at, at, at a higher level or at a system level. And you saw an outpouring of support at work. Not that people didn't support you before this all happened, but, uh, and you were even awarded something, sort of a special award. Yeah, it's, it's beyond beautiful. It's like really humbling. And, you know, the support I've received here is, I, I, can't, I can't even put it into words. It's just shocking. Absolutely shocking. It's, it's amazing. The, the people that I work with, you know, from my colleagues to the higher ups, everyone was just great throughout the entire, the entire process that I was going through. That's so great to hear. Oftentimes people think they'll be judged if they raise a flag and seek help, or obviously a lot of people think there's their career is over. It's, it's so great to hear that you did not have that experience that you actually had the opposite experience. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, especially that I was like right out of post academy. I was a brand new officer. Yeah. And the entire time I never had to worry about my job. Yeah. And did you think while you were going through academy or even before you went to academy, did you ever think this kind of thing would happen to you? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Right. Yeah. No, I never even thought I would ever do any public speaking because, you know, I've never liked talking in front of groups of people. You know, it sounds like you just needed a good reason, right? Yeah. I mean, this is, this is the, you know, an unfortunate one, but you know, uh, it's something that needs to be talked about, you know, we got to be more proactive than reactive. We can't just do this when, you know, something bad happens. We have to keep talking about it and hopefully, it, hopefully it helps, uh, other officers and maybe it even helps, you know, someone that they know, you know, just hearing something or, you know, reading about something, hopefully just, you know, it's like a domino effect. Hopefully it just keeps inspiring people and helping people out. I, I appreciate what you're saying there, especially about being proactive. We know that there are people in the agency like you who have thought about killing themselves and maybe they never reached out for help. There are probably some people in the agency who have actually attempted suicide, survived and never told a soul. So when you talk about proactive, what would you say to those folks who are either currently struggling with suicidal thoughts, have struggled, maybe they've made an attempt and, and again, no one knows, what would you say to those colleagues, employees? There's a quote that I've heard and uh, I think it's pretty beautiful. It's accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative. I, I pretty much think it says it all. I, you gotta focus on the the good things in your life, think about the things that inspire you, what, what motivates you and all the negative things, you know, we can change all of that. There's pretty much nothing in this world that we, we, we can't come out better as, you know, no matter what we're struggling with, tomorrow's a brand new day. And, you know, we have a fantastic support system, whether it's a friend, a family member, or, you know, some people turn to celebrities, whether it's like music or acting or 
whatever the case may be, you know, I, I think most people are inspired by, by someone out there that, you know, might trigger something in their head and say, Hey, you know, I can, I can beat this. I love your perspective. It really speaks to your resilience, Sal. Thank you. Hey, thanks for joining us and, and, uh, appreciate your willingness to tell the story. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you again to our guests and our listeners for joining us. This is part of a podcast series kicking off Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month, which is September. If you do see someone struggling, asking about it may feel awkward, but you can be part of the solution. By tolerating that awkwardness, you can help reduce suicide risk at home or in the workplace. If you see someone struggling and you want to say something, simply ask, are you okay? Can I help? And then ask them if they are thinking of ending their life. It really does make a difference. Look out for our next podcast in this series and throughout the Shine a Light campaign in FY22. Thank you again to our guest. I really appreciate you. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in. 